heart of Jesus, you will discover that he's the best thing that ever happened to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Allow me to go into a verse. Listen to Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. It says, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. And what they're talking about is the things of the world. People are chasing the world and the world system that Satan has set up. We who are in Christ, what God says is seek him first and he will add all these things to you. Did you know that God will take care of you? Do you know he loves you? Did you know that God will make a way out of no way? He says, for your heavenly father knows what you have need of. He, he knows everything about you. He made you. He's watching you. And he's taking care of you. So he says, seek ye first above everything else. His heart, his, his way. Walk with him. Talk with him. Ask God to set you in alignment with where he wants you to be. And God says that on your journey, as you are chasing him, as you are seeking him, he will bless you. Favor will go before you. That he will open doors. He will close doors. That he will fight your battles. I know what I'm talking about. Listen, people will get jealous of your favor because favor seems like it's not fair. See, folks who don't want to walk with him wants the favor, but God is faithful. God blesses those who are staying faithful to him. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about having a heart that is chasing him, a heart that's saying, Lord, I seek your faith. First of all, many of us are looking for our purpose, but our purpose is found in Jesus. See, we're not talking about tasks. We're talking about walking every day and what God wants you to do, what he wants you to be, how he wants you to relate to people. It's a daily thing. Task is easy. Task don't require much. Task means that you're doing something, but it doesn't involve your heart. When God has your heart, he has all of you. That's where he blesses. That's when you see his hand. Listen, even when circumstances get hard, if you know the heart of God, knowing his heart will keep you in the midst of the storm, even when you don't trace him, even when you can't find him, you know that God is up to something because you trust his love, you trust his word, even when your feelings don't feel like it. It's not about feelings. You got to know deep down in your heart that our God is faithful, our God is good, and even when all hell breaks loose, you, you can say to yourself, but Lord, I know that you are good. I know that you are faithful. I know that you're going to come see about me when you get ready. That's how good this journey is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen what the song that Sister Debbie just sang, that he is the best thing. He is the best thing that ever happened to me. That's relationship. 
That's relationship. Listen, we are in enemy's territory. Yes, we are. When Adam and Eve sinned, they gave this world over to the devil. And this whole world system is set up an array to kill, steal, and destroy. And when we are walking in this world system, sooner or later, it's going to destroy you. Sooner or later, bad fruit's going to come in your life. Somehow, we have to find our way to navigate through all the stuff that is thrown at us and discover God's way is the right way even when it's not paying off right away. I tell people, you got to have a, a farmer mentality. What I mean by that is a farmer plants by faith, expecting to get fruit later. He plants good seeds in good soils, but he knows that sooner or later, he's going to get a return on his work. He gets a return later, and he gets more fruit than the seeds he planted. I was, I, was, I, was, I was blown away when I found out that one grape seed, just one grape seed, after three years can produce 15 to 20 pounds of grapes. Hallelujah. I'm planting some seeds. I'm trusting God that, that my, 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 my reaping going to be good because I'm planting all the good seeds I can. And I am, I am trying not to plant bad seeds because I don't want to eat bad fruit. How about you? How about you? Hallelujah. Let's go on. Let's go on. In, 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 in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 11, it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I said, set aside your righteous pride, hallelujah, so that he may, listen, he is God, so that he may exalt you. Watch this, a place of honor in his service. God will lift you. God will bless you if you serve him, if you live for him, if you trust him. It says in due time or in the right time, in the opportune time. That means that God has a set time to change your circumstance. God got a set time to bless you. In fact, if you go to and they don't have this, Deuteronomy 28 says that your blessing will overtake you. Hallelujah. Listen, you don't look for the blessing. You keep your eyes on the blesser. And while you're chasing Jesus, your blessing is chasing you. Your blessing will tackle you as you keep on chasing him. Too many times what happens is we are too busy looking for the blessing. And when you're looking for the blessing, you have taken your eyes off the blessing. No, keep doing what you're supposed to do. Keep on being who you're supposed to be. Keep on walking it out. Keep on blessing people. Keep on praying. Keep on worshiping. Keep on being faithful. Don't look at folks. Don't let other folks get in your way. Stay positive. Keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Keep being a blessing where you're supposed to be a blessing. Listen, don't let other folks deter you. 
Hallelujah. If you allow folks to get you off your path, Satan will always throw trouble your way. Hallelujah. He will bring people to get on your last nerve. He will bring people who don't like you. He will bring people to hurt your feelings. And you got to learn how to keep your eyes stayed on him. Listen, Jesus is your keeper. Jesus is your way maker. Jesus is your blesser. God will lift you if you keep your eyes on him. My, my brothers and sisters, Satan is the best strategist in the world. He's a genius. He's insidious. Matter of fact, he has familiar spirits watching you so he know what buttons to push. And you got to have a made up mind saying Satan can't press my buttons no more. I'm going to stay focused on what God has for me. I'm going to stay focused on what he has told me to do, and I'm going to be a blessing every day. You need to wake up saying, Lord, use me today. Lord, bless me today. Lord, Lord, show me today. When I read the Gospels, especially in the Gospel of John, what I discover is this, because Jesus is our model. Can you say that with me? Jesus is our Christian model. Somebody said, yeah, but he was fully God and fully man. True. But he lived his earthly life as a man that is full of the Holy Spirit under the guidance of God, his father. He becomes the second Adam. He's what the first Adam was supposed to do before Adam decided to go his own way. He was, first Adam was supposed to be led by God. God was downloading into his spirit. But when he disobeyed, his spirit died. So Jesus comes to do what the first Adam didn't do. Jesus is now our representative. Jesus is now our model. But if you go through the Gospel of John, this is what you hear Jesus says. He says, I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. What you see there, you see a man under the guidance who has humbled himself under his Father's hand to show us the model the goal of what living in your purpose is really all about. It's not task-oriented. It's living-oriented. It is, it is relationship-oriented that he begins to direct your spirit. He begins to show you how to live out your life. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Somebody understand. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever went to tell somebody off, to cuss somebody out, and you open up your mouth, and before you can say anything, that God arrested you, he stopped you. Have you ever went to make a phone call, and you're going to give them the business, you're going to, you know, go down on one side, go up the other, and before, and before you could dial the number, a conviction hits you. That's the Holy Spirit. He wants to guide us in all of our lives like that. He wants to show us. There has to become 
in this journey on your path, in your purpose to your destiny, a sensitivity to the working of the Holy Spirit in you. Hallelujah. A sensitivity to know his voice, to know his promptings, to, to know when he is restricting you and when he is prompting you. Hallelujah. Let me give you a verse that will help us in this. Amen. If we go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 16, it reads as this. Wherefore, my brethren, as you have always obeyed, as not in my presence only, but now much more in my, in my absence, work out your own salvation. Now, hold on. He's not saying work your, for your salvation. He says the salvation that is already in you, the work that is already done in you, what you need to do is let it work its way out. He said, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. Your born-again spirit is in you. You've been recreated after the image of Christ. And so everything you need is already in you. So what you have to do is deny self. Say no to self. Say no to the old flesh. Say no and, 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 and don't let the devil trick you. And he said, and then you begin to work out what is in you. Let's read on. He said, with fear and trembling. He said, because you want to be right with God. Because you got a heart after God. It, see, it doesn't matter what other people say. It does matter what God says about you. Hallelujah. He said, for it is God. Watch this. For it is God. It is God which worketh in you. God, the Holy Spirit, is in you. He is working in you to bring out of you what he put in you. That's something to shout about. He says, both, listen, he gets down to your will. He said, I will give you the will to want to do right. Listen, that's not coming from your old nature. That is being manifest from your new nature and to do of his good pleasure. And every Christian there should be a desire to please him. In every Christian, there ought to be something in you that when you do wrong, you feel convicted. That's part of knowing that you're saved. See, the knowing that you are saved is that God is working on the inside. You just can't be everything you used to be comfortably. If you can do everything you used to do, if you can do, and there's no conviction, then you better go back and check it. You better go and watch it because on this journey, listen, more trouble. Listen, people going to act up around you. Listen, family's going to act out. But God, if he has you, he will put a hold on you and he will give you strength to overcome whatever the devil throws at you. I know I got a witness. I know there's somebody that knows what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Look what he says. He says, do things without murmuring, without disputing, that you may be blameless, harmless. He's not saying perfect. He said, so that they can accuse you. Uh, it's funny. Once people find out you're a Christian, they watch you. 
They're watching for everything you do. And they will accuse you when they see you do wrong. And know what? It's okay to go back and say, I'm sorry. Go back and tell folks when you miss it, I'm sorry. Watch this. You are the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse world. Look what he says. He says that we are in the midst of a crooked and perverse world. Remember when I was going to a Christian college and, and there was this picture of the United States. It was a picture that was taken from an airplane and it was taken at night. And in that picture, what you saw was you saw the ambulance of the lights of the city pierce the darkness. And as I was looking at it, I said, that's what God sees, but he's not seeing the light of the cities. What he's seeing is the light of his children. That's what this verse is saying. He said, with darkness all around you, he said, the glory in you that God put in you ought to shine through. Did you know that light is always greater than darkness? Hallelujah. Light always makes darkness runs. So what I'm saying to you is let your light shine. Be what God told you to be. Let him show you. Let him teach you as you walk with him, as you talk with him, as you praise him along the way. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what? I know what? No, what's so funny? No, what's so funny? I was, I was, I was, I was at, I was at night. I was looking at the moon. I like looking up at the stars and the moon. And the moon was 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 brilliant. It was it was it was shining. And then I remember that the moon has no light of its own. No, it don't. What the moon is doing is reflecting the light of the sun. My brother and my sister, did you know that of ourselves and in ourselves we have no light? But the light we have is of the Holy Spirit. It's the light of Christ that is shining. It's reflecting. It is refracting through us because he put his glory in us. And just like the moon in the midst of the darkness, they ought to see Christ in us. They ought to see him shining in us in the way we talk, in the way we conduct ourselves. Listen, 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 listen. listen. If, if church is where you at your best, and then church is not real. Hallelujah. See, you got to reflect Jesus on your worst day. You got to praise him when you're not in the building. Maybe God used this pandemic to send the church home. Maybe he got tired of us faking on Sunday. So maybe he sent us home. Maybe this is a timeout. Just maybe this is a timeout so that we can think about it. He said, be still and know that he is God. Right where you're at, right in your circumstances, God is still God. He is still worthy of the praise. He is still hallelujah. He is still glory. Listen, you ought to get closer to him in a time like this. Hallelujah. He ought to become even more real in our lives. Glory be to God. Listen, listen, what's this, what's this, what's this? He says, he says in in Proverbs 3, 4, and 10, it says, so shall you find 
favor and good understanding and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God. Amen. Look what this saying. God said, when you chasing me, I will give you favor. I will give you more understanding. He said, not only that, but I will make people like you who, who don't even serve me. He said, I will make the right people have favor on you. So therefore, people will come and, and work on your behalf because of me. Some of you are in positions that you shouldn't be in because the boss or somebody up high have favor on you and they liked you and you don't even know why. I thank God for favor. Favor is better than money because favor will open up doors that money can't open. Listen, it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to chase him. It pays when God is blessing you. Oh, you ought to try it. Oh, yeah, you ought to try it. Because once you're walking in favor, you don't want to go back. You want to do what he tells you to do because his favor is just that good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, lean on, trust in, be confident in. In order to walk with the Lord, you have to have the type of faith that, that, that you, you are living and walking in what you don't have or see yet. But based on that he said it, you believe it. So you know that it's going to happen. Faith is trusting God for what he hasn't done yet. But simply because he said it, simply because his word says it, that you're going to act like you know it's on the way. Matter of fact, if he said it and you're in alignment with him, you know it's on the way. So, so, so you need to start thanking him. You need to start praising him for what he's going to do. Oh, you don't see nothing yet. You don't feel nothing yet. But God's word is good enough. God says, I put my word above my name. God said, I'm not a man that I shall lie. God is faithful. His whole character is that he is faithful and he wants us as his children to trust him, to walk in him, to lean on him, to have a confidence that only he deserves. Let's, let's, let's read on in this Proverbs. It says, he says, he says, understand in all your ways. Recognize, acknowledge him. The NIV says, submit. Listen, it's not enough just to recognize. It's not enough just to, to realize. It's, it's that when he shows us that even when it don't feel good, you say, yes, Lord. Even when you don't want to, you say, yes, Lord. I remember talking to somebody, and this is what they said. They said, we got options. And I looked at them like they was, I didn't really understand. You know, I had to think about it. I said, the options that they were talking about is, is that we have options to be disobedient. My question is, why would you be disobedient to the one that keeps you, where your blessing comes from, who is the source of your everything. Listen, reaping and sowing is real. 
In Galatians chapter 5, he said, whatsoever a man sows, he shall reap. Listen, I've been through enough heartache. I don't want to reap nothing that I saw. Listen, I, I've been through enough trouble. Listen, the devil is already giving me enough trouble for me to make trouble for myself. I'm learning to, to trust him in the midst of the storm. I'm learning to try to sow good seeds because I believe that sooner or later, fruit is coming. Sooner or later, the blessings are coming. And when God starts to lift you, can't nobody stop you. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. That's something to say amen about. God wants the best for you. Let's read on what it says. It says, he will direct and make straight and plan your path. You know, it's funny about the GPS, the navigational unit. If you're on the right track and, and, and it's straight and there's no turns, it don't say nothing. You know what? I found out that as long as you're in alignment with God, and you doing what you're supposed to do, he won't say nothing. He said, keep trusting me. I'll let you know if you're turning right or to the left in the wrong way. God will let you know. Why? Because he's for you. He wants to bless you. It's amazing what he says to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 30. It won't come up. I'm just throwing this in for good measure. He said, I set before you blessings and curse. If you walk in what I tell you to do, I want to bless you. As a matter of fact, Deuteronomy 28 said, I will bless your field. I bless your cattle. I bless your laying down. I bless your rising up. Listen, that's the heart of God. That's why he made us. He wants us to delight in him. That's Psalms 37. He said, if you delight in me, if you follow me, I will give you the desires of your heart. But let me give emphasis. He said, I will give you the desire in your born-again heart because those are the desires I put in you before the foundation of the world. I've already set desires in you because I want you to desire the things that I desire for you. That's how good he is. How, how can I say this? I'm trying to make clear. Our God is for us. The devil is against us. In John 10.10, 10, and this is not on the monitor, he says, I come, he said, the thief comes to, to kill, steal, and destroy. That is Satan's mission statement towards every human being. He hates us with a, such an evil desire because God loves us. We are made in the image of God. Oh, there it goes. He said, then he says, I come to give you life and life more abundantly to overflow you. This life that he's talking about is the Greek zoid. Is 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 G is is Z? Well, forget it. O E. Okay. And what it means is this: spiritual life that overflows in every way. He says, "Where I bless at first is in your spirit." 
then once I bless your spirit, it will flow up in every area of your life. If you want to walk in, in blessings, get closer to him. You want God to do great things, get closer to him. Listen to, to John, third book of John, one of four. He says, the elders to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Behold, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prosper. John is old now. He is somewhere in his 80s or 90s when he writes this book. He's been on a journey for a long time. And he's writing to this church, and this is what he's saying. Look what he said. He said, he said, I pray, and he's praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that you prosper. He says, but I want you to prosper in all things. He said, what's this? He said, I want you to prosper financially. I want you to prosper in everything. He said, but I want you to prosper as your soul. Can I explain this? Your spirit is born again, but God is still trying to heal our souls. He's trying to heal our attitudes. He, he's trying to heal the way we think. He, he's trying to heal what we chase after. He wants us to chase after kingdom things first. When we put the kingdom first, God don't have a problem doing anything else. The problem is, unless we have the proper perspective, we can't handle being blessed. But he says, as your soul prosper, because as your soul prosper, then God can bless you more because you will have kingdom first. You will have relationship with Jesus first. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Proverbs 29:18, where there is no revelation, where there's no redemptive vision of God, where you don't know what you're chasing, if you don't see something before you, if you don't see what God is up to and what he has for you. He said, the people cast off restraints. That means that they just do anything. They'll chase anything. Listen, all that is in the world, as John tells us, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. People are chasing the things of this world, and it adds up to nothing. He said, but when you chase Jesus, when you chase the things of the kingdom, God will bless you. God, God will show you. God will teach you. God will work on the inside and bring out of you what he placed in you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Listen what he says. He says in Romans 8, 28 and 29, he said, but we are sure and know that God is partnering in your labor. Huh? He says, you know, when it says that he worked all things for our good, he said, he's with you even in your struggles. He's working on the inside of you and all around you. That God has you in his hands. Do you trust him? 
Do you trust the, to know that God, he got you. I know it don't feel good. I, I, I know you want to give up. I know you want to throw in the trash. But, but even when you can't trust yourself, you can trust him. Our God is just that good. Listen, listen, he's for you. Matter of fact, he is the author and finisher of our faith, which means that your story is already written. Your path is already laid out. That's what he said in Ephesians 2.10. He said, the path I have for you is already laid out. He said, even the struggles is already laid out. He said, but your victory is already laid out. He said, trust me in your troubles. Let me walk with you. Let me partner with you. Let me labor with you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I, God wants us to trust him by surrendering, surrendering at whatever level we are, wherever we are, Lord. And listen, it's not just a one surrender. Paul says, I die daily. He said, when I wake up in the morning, I find out my own nature wakes up too. So, so in the morning time, I got to die to myself. I got to say, no, I don't want my way. Lord, I trust you that you have the best in mind for me. Lord, I trust you that as, as I run for you, you will satisfy my soul. Oh, yes, he will. Your satisfaction is in Jesus. Your help is in him. Your deliverance is in him. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 10. Listen to this verse. It says, most blessed, say that with me, most blessed, is the man who believes in, trusts in, relies on the Lord, whose hope and confidence, whose trust is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots to the river. He said, what's he, say? he said, he said, you're gonna have a constant stream of supply of strength that what other people go through. Look what he says. He says, he says, and it shall not see fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green. It says, it shall not be anxious and full of care and drought. He said, though the world goes through stuff, so other people go through stuff, and their world come crashing down, he says, yours won't. Why? Because did you know that the river is Jesus? Did you know that the Holy Spirit will spring up in you like rivers of power? Wherever you need him, he will be. He will show up right on time. See, the problem is we want to dictate the time that he shows up. And God has already worked out because what he's doing is stretching our faith. Your faith, in order to get stronger, has to be stretched. I don't like waiting, but I have found out that waiting has a good work. When you have to wait on the Lord, it stretches you, and he carries you in the waiting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. Psalms 37, 23 says, the steps of the good man is ordered. But you got to want your steps ordered. What's this? He goes on to say, and, and the steps of the good man is ordered by the Lord. And listen, 
and God delights. The capital H is God delights in your way. He, you know what? It's funny. Kids, the reason why we get excited about kids, that when you come home and they see, they run to you, they are excited about you. You know what God wants us to do? To run to him and be, and be excited about him. And as we delight in him, he delights in you. And when you delight in him, don't tell me God won't bless you. Don't tell me God won't make a way out of nowhere. God will begin to hold you and give you what you need. Quit looking at your circumstances. Look beyond your circumstances. Look to the God who takes care of everything. You got to trust him beyond the circumstances. If it's a relationship, then we need to trust his heart. Even when our circumstances down here don't look so good. God's not finished yet. God's not through yet. God is up to something. He's still trying to bring you through. He's trying to stretch your faith in him. He's trying to stretch your relationship in him. He wants you to know without a shadow of a doubt his heart. And if you know his heart, circumstances don't phase you like it used to because you know how good he is. You got a testimony of how he brought you, of how he kept you, of how he made a way out of nowhere. Is there anybody know his favor? Is there anybody that know how good he is? Is there anybody that can testify how God did it? You didn't know how he was going to do it, but you can look back over your life and realize it was God all the time. It was him all the time. Thanks be to God that he set you up. He made a way. He stepped in. He held you. He kept you in your right mind. He bound up your broken heart. You didn't know how, but you know who. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 says this. For the love of God controls and compels us. He says here, he says, not that I love him so much, but he loves us so much. It's Paul who's talking about his experience with Christ. And he, and he goes on to talk about, because he died for all, and, and he died for us. So, so since he died, we now live our life for him because we recognize in him giving himself that he loves us. There, you ought to be compelled and constrained by the love of Christ. Let me explain. There ought to be some invisible cords on you. And these cords is his love. That when you think about the goodness of the Lord, you get the can't help it. That, that you find yourself praising him when there's no music going, when, when there's nobody else around. Have you ever thought about Jesus and tears welled up, up under your eyes and up under your chin because you started remembering how good he's been, how excellent he's been. You started remembering how God made a way out of nowhere. Sometimes I think that looking back is 2020 vision, that you see some things 
that. You didn't see why you was going through it. Listen, I've been through enough stuff that I know it was nobody but God. If you've been through it, if you have lived life, if, you got, if God has cleared your vision, you know it was him. You know you should be dead sleeping in your grave. You know that God made a way out of nowhere. You know where you're at right now. It's been nobody but him. Paul said, Based on that, that as I live my life, I am compelled by him. He pushes me to do things and he restrains me from doing other things. There is a movement of the Holy Spirit that will begin to direct your life when your heart becomes sensitive, when you know how good he is. See, some of us have hardened hearts. Even Christians, you can have a hardened heart. You don't forgot how good he's been. You don't, you don't remember it's been him all the time. You think you made it on your own, but, but if you think about it, he's been so good. His love is past finding out. I think we all have a vision. Philippians chapter 2 tells me we all do have a vision of, of us in the future that is better than us right now. We ought to see ourselves. What are you chasing? God should have a vision of you acting more like Christ, being more like Christ, loving more like Christ. Hey, hanging out with Christ, spending more time with him, speaking his word. You ought to see a vision of yourself greater, more like him, more walking in power, more walking in glory, more walking in love. What's your vision? Is it kingdom? Is it chasing Christ? Don't chase your, your, your blessings. Let your blessings chase you as you chase Christ. As you chase Christ, favor comes. Blessings come. Doors come. As you chase and trust him, God begins to prove himself over and over and over again. Do you know him? Did a funeral yesterday, eulogy. He was 33 years old. Don't think you're going to live long. You don't know. And the only question at that time when I, when I, when I, I got to do a eulogy is, did they know Jesus? Did they give their life to the Lord? Did they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Because I know based on that one question, they are either going to serve eternity with Jesus or eternity in hell away from him because they rejected him. See, not making a decision is a decision because everybody has to make a decision about him. He made a decision about you before the foundation of the world. He knew that he was got to come, become one of us, and die for us and pay the price for our sin. He chose to love you before there was a you. He gave it all. He paid the price for you. 
He gave everything to save you. And based on his decision, he deserved a decision. Today, I, I urge you to know him, to ask him to come in. I, I urge you to let him become your Lord and Savior. He will prove himself to you. If you hang in there, if you walk with him, he will be the best thing that ever happened to you. He is just that good. He's everything. And he will meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. Hallelujah. Just ask and say, Lord, come into my life. Lord, I need you. I accept you as my Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Here, Lord, what can you do with me? And if you mean it from your heart and you say that from your lips, the Holy Spirit will, boom, make you alive spiritually. And he will begin to work in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise because he is just that good. If you have, had, if you have made that decision, if, if there's a prayer that you want someone to pray with you, let me give you a number, and we, we encourage you to call. Amen? The number is 513 513-451-31. 513-451-31. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for supporting the ministry. Thank you for just, just being part of our virtual church. We are praying for you. We know that God's going to make a way out of no way. Hallelujah. We love you. We'll see you 10 o'clock next week. Hallelujah. We are going to survive this. As a matter of fact, we're going to strive through this. We're going to come out better than pure gold. Trust my words. Let's, let's look for the hand of God. Even in all of this, he's working. Oh, yes, he is. He is working. We're going to pray with you. Then Sister Debbie going to come back with prayer. Let's pray. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, we say hallelujah. Lord, we say glory. Lord, take us by our hands. We recognize that we're not grown in your sight. We're your little children. We're your toddlers. We're just learning how to walk. And if we let go of your hands, we're going to fall. But thank you for always picking us up. Lord, please, Lord, stand beside us. Lord, hold us. Lord, even pick us up when we no longer can walk this walk on our own strength. Lord, please don't let go of our hands. And when we let go of your hands, Lord, reach your hand out towards us. Never would have made it if it wasn't for you. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your presence. Lord, cover your children even now in the room where they are. Overflow that room with your love, with your peace, with your healing, 
with your joy. Lord, release on us and give us the evidence of your presence. Fill us with your spirit that there's an overflow of strength. There's an overflow of confidence that our faith will be strengthened even at a time like this. Lord, touch your children wherever they may be. Touch even now, Lord. Let your power fall down on them. Let your anointing fall down on them. Lord, meet them where they are to lift them where they need to be. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we say hallelujah because you've been just that good. You've been just that good. Even now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Love you all. Praying with you all. See you next week. Sister Debbie going to come and bless us again with a song. Be blessed and walk in his power, in his love. Hold on to him as he holds on to you. Amen.